You are listening to the weekly podcast of Mount Vernon Baptist Church, Westwood, in Memphis, Tennessee. We pray you enjoy today's message. Each one takes his own supper ahead of the others. One is hungry and the other one is drunk. Say amen, somebody. What? Uh, Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread, eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread, drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a person examine themselves. So they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For the one who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, We are chastened by the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. The word of God for the people of God. Could you say this with me? There is power power. in Holy Communion. communion. Amen. Amen. Power in Holy Communion. Of course, it is our faith, tradition, and custom to recognize the Lord's Last Supper and Holy Communion on the first Sunday of every month. But the scripture helps us to understand that we can recognize the Lord's Holy Communion as often as we desire. Uh, But in our tradition, uh, we recognize the Lord's Holy Communion on the first Sunday of every month. Jesus actually instituted the Holy Communion. You will find the account of when Jesus instituted this ordinance. Holy Communion and baptism are called ordinances because they were ordained by God. And God gave us the command to keep these things that he ordained. Baptism is one. Holy Communion is the other. But Jesus instituted the Holy Communion In the book of Matthew, you will find it in the book of Mark, Luke, and 1 Corinthians. What's the purpose of Holy Communion? Oftentimes we uh, come in and we recognize the Lord's Holy Communion. Many of us who have been uh, walking with the Lord for some time, we have a clear understanding of what it is and what it means. But then there are uh, believers who are new believers um, who need some encouragement, instruction, on what we're doing. And believe it or not, 
there may be those who have been partaking the Lord's Holy Communion for a long time and haven't really gained a clear understanding of what we have been doing. And the church said, Amen. But the Holy Communion has a very significant purpose uh, for the believer. Of course, the Holy Communion commemorates the death of Christ. Scripture says right here, and we read it, Jesus said it, and Paul picked it up. He said, this do in remembrance of me. The purpose is to commemorate and remember the death of Christ. Another purpose is to apply the benefits of the new covenant to those who believe. God has given us a lot of benefits as new uh, covenant believers. Uh, that those who are in the old covenant did not have the same benefits that we have today. Uh, but when we take the Lord's Supper, we are applying the benefits of the new covenant. Not only that, another purpose of the Holy Communion is to promote the communion of believers in Christ. To promote communion of believers in Christ. Church, don't you realize that all of us who are believers are connected together? Don't you think for a moment that you're just a single person um, sitting in the sanctuary, uh, attending the church service by yourself, a member of the church, but you by yourself. No, all of us are connected together. We are a church. We are connected together. And when you think about the broken body, uh, the body of Christ, the church is the body of Christ, which means that all of us may have different functions, but each of us are equally important. No matter uh, how, uh, how much you're in front of the microphone, uh, even if you're in the background, all of us are equally important. Each of us are connected and all of us are equally important uh, because the church is like the body. That's why when you break the body and take the blood, in some way the Lord is helping us to understand that as believers we are connected together. And one of the purposes of communion is to promote the communion of believers with Christ and with each other. So we are connected to Christ as believers. We are the body of Christ. We are his body. We are connected to him. But all of us are his body, which means that we are connected to each other, and all of us are important. If you don't believe me, um, hit your, big, hit your uh, pinky toe on something. No matter how small it is, it can shut your whole day down. Amen. Um, because all of us are important. The newest believer and the one who has been saved the longest are equally important in the house of God. I thank God here today while we're talking about those who have been around a long time. Uh, Sister Mae Clayton, our longest serving member, over 75 years. She has been a member of Mount Vernon. She's been out and she's here right now. Let's give God praise. Amen. She's been out for a while, a few weeks, but she's in the house of the Lord today. And then we have individuals who just got baptized uh, last baptism. Uh, some came to Christ on last week. No matter how long you've been in the body of Christ or how new you are uh, to the church, all of us are connected to Christ and each of us are together. And when we take the Holy Communion, we are commemorating our connection to each other. Amen. The elements used to represent Christ's body our blood, the body and the blood, our bread and wine. Uh, this is a permanent ordinance in the church. 
You think about the, some of the uh, unique meanings of the Holy Communion. As I look at this text, I want to share with you a few observations, and then I will let you go. Amen. The Holy Communion is designed for us to remember. The Bible says, do this in remembrance of me. We are commanded uh, participation in the Lord's table uh, for a believer is not optional. We are commanded. He says, do this in uh, remembrance of me. What that means is prolonged absence uh, from receiving the Lord's Holy Communion is spiritually unhealthy. Prolonged absence from receiving the Lord's Holy Communion is spiritually unhealthy. It is not healthy for any of us to consistently miss being fed the Word of God. It is not healthy for any of us to consistently uh, miss receiving the Lord's communion with the body of Christ. Uh, sometimes we get so busy until we are so busy until you're not even receiving the word of God. We get so busy and we miss receiving the Lord's holy communion. But I want you to know something today. We have to learn how to hit the pause button in life and make sure we're receiving the word of God and stop missing your moment to receive God's word and missing your time to receive the Lord's holy communion. Amen. Uh, this is very, very serious to the child of God. You can't go prolonged times. You're not taking the Holy Communion, not getting the Word of God. You're trying to live on your own strength. How many of you know we need the Word in our lives on a daily basis? Amen. We go through all kinds of stuff, and you're trying to figure it out in your head. Don't you realize that you can come to church or tune in? Amen. And one word from God can change your life forever. One word from God. Sunday school, Bible study, Sunday morning, we have to be in God's word because the Bible says we live and move and have our being in Christ. And the Lord says that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need God's word and we need to make sure we're receiving the Lord's holy communion. Amen. It's amazing uh, that we have tangible elements when we are commanded uh, to remember the bread and the wine, grape juice, amen. And so it isn't enough to say remember the elements of bread and wine are given to stir our minds and our hearts. The physical action of eating and drinking is designed to remind us that we spiritually ingest and depend upon Jesus, and we are receiving the saving benefits of his life, death, and resurrection. We are receiving the saving benefits of his life, death, and resurrection. What are some of the saving benefits of his life, death, and resurrection? Well, one of the saving benefits of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is peace. Help me say peace. I thank God here today. That when you are receiving the Lord's Holy Communion, you say, Lord, I thank you for peace. What are some other saving benefits? A healing. Help me say healing. I give God glory right now that when you receive the Holy Communion, you can say, Lord, I thank you for healing. What are some other saving benefits? Redemption. Shout redemption. Lord, when I take the Holy Communion, I'm thanking God for his redemption and all of the saving benefits associated with his life, death, and resurrection. 
Amen. And then we have to have our personal remembrance uh, implied. We are to remember Jesus, and then we are to remember what he did for us. Amen. All of us have a testimony in this room. When we take in the bread and the wine, you ought to reflect on what God has done in your life. And the church said amen. We remember his body. He gave his hands to the nails. The prophets declared that he would be born of a virgin. And the everlasting one entered into time in Bethlehem, and he chose to limit himself in a human body. And in communion, we remember that Christ gave his body that we might be made whole. Amen. We are to remember his blood. He declared that this is the New Testament that is in my blood, which is shed for you. The first communion announced the new covenant. Jesus is the sinless lamb of God who shed his blood for our sins. And we thank God here today for the redeeming power that we find in Jesus' blood. The Holy Communion is designed for us to remember. Secondly, the Holy Communion is designed for us to preach. Amen. He says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Notice the text says that we are to proclaim. When we take the Lord's communion, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. As we partake in the Lord's communion, we are proclaiming and telling the good news of the gospel. And as we take the Holy Communion, we are really preaching the gospel. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus lived a sinless life. Jesus died a sinner's death. Jesus was resurrected on the third day. As we receive the Holy Communion, we are preaching that his broken body and his shed blood are a demonstration of his everlasting mercy. And his mercy reassures us that through his broken body and his shed blood, God's great love is available to us on today. His broken body and his shed blood reassures us that no matter what you've done in your life, God always has another chance for us to make it right. Help me somebody tell the Lord thank you. When we receive the, the Holy Communion, we are preaching God's love. I don't know how you feel about it, but it makes me shouting happy to know that God loves me. And I want you to know that God loves you and God wants us to believe and to feel and to see and to sense and to know that he loves us. Because love is an action, not just feeling. The Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died, and when we take the Lord's Holy Communion, we are preaching the good news of God's love. Amen. God loves us. The Holy Communion is designed for us to remember. Holy Communion is designed for us, uh, designed for self-examination, like this one here. As soon as Paul finishes the, the narrative or narrating the Lord's Supper, he goes back to the moral issue in the church. Notice that as I began reading, he was talking about a bunch of stuff that they had been doing. And he says here in verse 27 and 28, whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthily manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. And then he says, let a person examine himself or herself. 
And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Notice it says, let a person examine themselves. Paul did not say, examine somebody else. Let me. I said, Paul did not say, examine the person next to you. He says, examine yourself. You ever heard, you ever heard young people say, worry about yourself? I dare you to look at the person next to you and say, worry about yourself. Look at them for two or three more seconds. Say it, say it again. Worry about yourself. And he did not say that you had to be worthy or perfect or sinless in order to partake of the Lord's Supper. He says that if you examine yourself, if you look at your own heart and judge our own sins and confess your own stuff to the Lord, that you are then taking it in a worthy manner. Amen. He says, examine yourself. When we come to the table, we ought to come with self-examination. And we ought to come with repentance of sins. Not to be looking at what somebody else has done. Not to be trying to figure out what somebody else is doing. Because let me remind all of us, each of us are equally in need of God's grace and mercy. Because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us need his mercy like we need the next breath in our body. We need his mercy. And none of us have been uh, deputized to be the Holy Spirit's deputy to help him to convict somebody else of sin. God says, examine yourself. Is there anybody in the room who has learned that if you stay out of everybody else's business, God will take care of yours? Oh, I wish I had some help here today. If you just mind your own business, God will turn things around. The problem is we get so excited about what they doing and what she doing and what he doing and who he with and who she with and who they with. God is saying, worry about yourself. When you come to the Lord's table, don't think about everybody else. Think about what God has done for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Give God praise here now. Give him glory like you know you're forgiven of your sins. Thank you, Jesus. I said I was, I was just going to talk my way through it today. The Holy Communion is designed for self-examination. Amen. You see, the Corinthians actually failed to examine themselves. They were experts at examining everybody else. They knew what gift you had. They knew who spoke in tongues. They knew it all. They were little religious detectives, you know, FBI, holy FBI agents, looking and searching for stuff. And Paul had to stand up and say, worry about yourself. When you come to the Lord's table, have your focus on Jesus. Remember him and what he did for you. Amen. Self-examination is the assurance, and this is what I want us to understand. When we read the text and it says, if you take it in an unworthy manner, and immediately you start thinking, uh, am I, who's taking it unworthy? Am I taking it unworthy? He says, you take it in an unworthy manner when you're not examine your, examining yourself, when you're not discerning the Lord's body, which means you're not understanding that all of us are connected to each other, so when you hurt somebody else, you're hurting us all, and you're, you're disappointing the Lord, so to speak. 
He says, when you come to the Lord's table, you come with humility. If you come any other way, you're taking it in an unworldly manner. You don't have to be holy in order to take it because Jesus makes us holy, but you got to have your attitude right. Help me say, get your attitude right. Amen. You got to have the right attitude when you come to the Lord's table. That it's not about me, it's not about somebody else, but it is about what the Lord has done for us all. And the church said, Amen. Holy communion is designed for self-examination. And then lastly, the Holy Communion is designed for us to celebrate. Because when you think about it, it helps us to see that we have a reason to praise God. Regardless of what we face in life, through his broken body and his shed blood, we have eternal redemption. Amen. I may not be all that I should be, but I have the blood of Jesus working on my behalf. I wish I had some help here to help me celebrate that you may not be all that you want to be, uh, but the blood still works. And that's a reason to praise God. Because we have eternal redemption through the blood of Jesus. And all of us are in need of redemption. Redeem means to reclaim, to set free. And only the blood of Jesus can redeem us. Thank you, Lord God, for your blood because it still works to redeem us. We have a reason to celebrate because the blood has converting power. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that the blood of Jesus has power to change lives. The blood of Jesus holds converting power for every person who desires to change. The Lord can change you. And maybe you've been trying to change yourself in your own power, with your own strength, in your own thoughts, in your own intellect. But I want you to know that if you surrender yourself to God, the power of his blood can change your life. Do I have a witness in the room that can look back over your life and see how God has changed things and is changing things and will change things? Not by your might, not by your power, but it's by his spirit and it's by his blood. Amen. We have a reason to celebrate church because the blood of Jesus has overcoming power. Put your hand on your shoulder and say, I'm an overcomer by the power of the blood. All believers are overcomers. All believers are targeted by the devil. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. But the Bible says that by the blood of the lamb that we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of Jesus alone makes you an overcoming. You can overcome anything. Some of you are overcoming some things right now because Jesus' blood is giving you strength and power and when you receive his blood and you receive his power and you have a testimony for yourself that God has transformed my life and given me overcoming power by the power of his blood you can walk in victory you have a reason to tell him thank you you have a reason to celebrate and give God glory wait a minute pastor I got all kinds of stuff happening in my life well I want you to look at all the stuff happening in your life and plead the blood say the blood still works the blood has made me an overcomer the blood has given me strength the blood has given me power the blood has wiped me clean the blood is working on my behalf I give God glory I got a reason to to celebrate here this morning because the blood of Jesus is everything that we need. Help me give God glory here. Help me give God praise. 
And you know, church, if you're an overcomer, you gotta, you got to open your mouth. You got to say something. You got to act like you know that you are an overcomer. You have troubles all around you, but you got to be able to say the blood still works because Satan is trying to get you down. He's trying to pull you down. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to mess you up. He's trying to mess up your family. You got to be able to stand up and say the blood still works. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. The sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. The blood still works. I got to give God glory when I feel powerless. It's alright because there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. When I need a miracle, it's alright because the blood still works, can turn things around. We have a reason to celebrate. Oh, church, come on, give God glory in this house today. He's worthy to be praised. The blood can redeem your life from destruction and convert your soul. Make us overcomers. Hallelujah. Uh, do you know how you've made it this far in your life? I said, do you know how you've made it this far in your life? Y'all gonna help me preach this today. I said, do you know how you made it this far in your life? I dare you to find, you know, I don't do this very often, but I dare you to find three people and say nothing but the blood. Oh, come on, help me. Oh, come on, help me testify. Testify for yourself. That means you got to get up out of your seat and find two people and tell them nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. If God has given you strength in your limbs, stand up on your feet. Stand up. It's all right to stand. Stand up on your feet. Step over in the aisle. Step over in the aisle. Step in the aisle. Look to your left and right. And tell them nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. It's all right to move. God gave you strength. God gave you a mouth to open it up and tell somebody. God gave you hands to clap and tell them thank you. God gave you feet to move and celebrate what God has done in your life. Help me tell somebody, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. Hallelujah. I got to give God glory because he gave his hands to those nails. He shed his blood. I got to give God praise. He gave his head to that crown. I got to give him glory. He gave his side to the spear. Oh, I thank you that by your stripes, I'm already healed. Hallelujah. Nothing but the blood. Praise his name, church. Give him praise up in this house today. Don't be too cool to clap. Don't be too hard to holler. Don't be too sophisticated to shout. If Jesus has shed his blood to you, you ought to give him glory. Hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. Absolutely worthy to be praised. Lord, we thank you for your blood. Oh, his blood was shed for you and for me. And we owe him the praise. Stretch your hands out to God now. There's healing in his blood, deliverance in his blood, power in his blood. God, we thank you. We give your name to praise. With our hands outstretched to you, 
You know everything that we have need of in this house today. And we thank you that by the power of your blood, we have a reason to celebrate. Not only for what you have done and what you are doing, but we thank you for what you will do. Lord, we thank you for healing, deliverance. And as we prepare now to receive this Holy Communion, we thank you in advance for a move of your spirit to touch our souls, our minds, our bodies. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every plot of the enemy. I thank you, Lord God, for peace that passes all understanding. Thank you that you fight our battles. Thank you that you make ways where there seems to be no way. Lord, we give your name glory. We declare in the name of Jesus that we believe that is nothing but the blood. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. 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 Now give God the best praise that you've given him today. Oh, come on, give him glory here. Hallelujah. How did you make it this far? I said, how did you make it this far? How did you come out of that hospital room? How are your bills getting paid? How are you in your right mind right now? Why do you have a reasonable portion of health and strength? Come on, praise God right now. His blood is working right now. Hallelujah. Are you worthy to be praised? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.